If you're not careful before you know it, your house will fall into a terrible state of disrepair. And the same can be true of your spiritual house as well. When that happens, you need to begin to repair and renovate your house, both your physical home and your spiritual house. Today's episode will help you do that. This is Where's God? Finding Him in the Small Stuff. And I'm your host, Greg McCollum. I'm going to tell you a story, a story that will inspire you and help you move closer to God through the small stuff in your life. A story to give you a glimpse of God that will surprise you with its simplicity and amaze you with its message. A few years ago, our house needed a lot of work. I mean, a lot of work, both on the inside and on the outside. We needed to hire some carpenters and painters and exterminators and repairmen. We had a deck that needed to have all new wood put on it and new stain applied to it. (laughs) We needed an air conditioner to be fixed. We needed new carpeting. We had windows that needed to be treated, drywall that needed to be repaired. We needed a plumber. We needed a landscaper. We needed a roofer. I think on the list was new furniture and a major cleanup in the basement and the garage. I mean, After years of living in our house with three children and several dogs and cats, plus a couple of pet rabbits and a whole variety of fish and a parade of other two- and four-legged visitors, well, our house had more than just a lived-in look to it. And that doesn't even begin to mention all of those uninvited guests from outside that wanted to make our home their home, like squirrels and raccoons and snakes and mice and birds and spiders and, well... You get the idea. Can you say money pit? (laughs) Better yet, I was thinking at the time, you know, can someone show me where I can find that tree that grows money? Because boy, did I ever need it. Well, we finally got to the point where those repairs and renovations just couldn't wait any longer. So we dove in headfirst. And eventually the day came when all of the work, at least... 80% of it, 90% of it was finished. And our house finally realized its potential, not only as a lived-in home, but as a nice home to live in as well. Well, what happened at my house reminds me in many ways of the Bedford Springs Resort in Bedford, Pennsylvania. Many years ago, while traveling on business, I pulled off the Pennsylvania Turnpike at the Bedford, Pennsylvania exit. I checked into the Hampton Inn, and it was still pretty early in the day, so I went out to drive around and do some sightseeing around Bedford, Pennsylvania. (laughs) And as I drove around those winding, hilly roads, I found myself on the outskirts of town, out past the Elks Club, which, by the way, the Bedford Elks Club is a cool place. It 
has, it's really scenic, you know, it's beautiful, uh, a place to look at and it's got a golf course around it. It's got a swimming pool and it also has a bowling alley. Pretty cool place. Well, eventually as I was driving out past the Elks Club, I rounded a long, lazy bend in the road and suddenly and surprisingly, a huge monstrosity of a building jumped out at me. I couldn't believe my eyes. Looming from the right side of the road was what looked like, in its heyday, must have been an amazing building. A hotel, I was sure, but more than a hotel, it seemed to stretch for a mile or two. It hugged the side of a hill, Limer was closed, and for things, it must have been closed for years. It was falling apart. As I drove by slowly, gawking at it, I noticed one of those historical markers out front, so I stopped to read it, and it told the story of the once famous Bedford Springs Resort. At one time, it had been a favorite vacation spot for politicians and their families from nearby Washington, D.C. They found refuge there in the mountains of Pennsylvania during the sweltering summer days before air conditioning. What a shame, I thought, that such a wonderful place had been left to die. I was sure it would soon be erased from the pages of history as it disintegrated slowly but surely into the hillside. That is, until I returned to Bedford again a few years later. I checked into the Hampton again and, curious about the resort, I headed out to find the same road I had stumbled onto before. I soon started seeing that familiar scenery, including the Elks Club, and as I rounded that same curve, I thought I was seeing things. My eyes were playing tricks on me. I mean, it had to be a dream. My jaw dropped. I think I said something like, you've got to be kidding me, to my empty car. <laughs> I mean, since the last time I had been there, someone had purchased that crumbling building, lock, stock, and barrel, and had spent $120 million renovating it. The place looked breathtaking, like a mansion, like one of those stately southern plantations, like, well, like a resort. Today is as beautiful as ever. So if the Bedford Springs Resort can come back to life like it did, and if my own house can do the same, I'd like to think that the same is also true for those people who have spiritual houses which need to come back to life. I would like to think all hope is not lost for them. Maybe you know someone like that. Maybe you are someone like that. You've let things go when it comes to your relationship with the Lord. You know what I mean. First, your prayer time becomes infrequent, then non-existent. Hey, your roof is leaking. <laughs> then your scripture reading stops. Your pain is peeling. You feel too busy or too tired to get involved in ministry in, in, in any way of any kind. The weeds are growing, my friend. You just can't get up for church on Sunday morning anymore. Your window is cracking. You can't remember the last time you made a donation to the church. Your carpeting is threadbare. You let it go some more. Your relationship with the Lord sliding cracking, breaking, 
and it goes from bad to worse. And you have a list of excuses as long as your arm for why it's happening. And God seems to be very far away. And he is. But you are the one who pushed him there. House, You need to get it in order. Because God accepts no excuses for ignoring him. On the other hand, he ignores no one who accepts him. Paul, um, in the Bible, one time, made the same point when he talked about putting on and wearing spiritual armor as a Christian. It was his way of talking about the same issue, uh, not using the analogy of a house, but rather putting on spiritual armor. Here's what he wrote. He said, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm. And when you do that, also stand victorious. You know what? Maybe it's time for you to renovate your relationship with the Lord, repair your walk with Him. If it is, you should start today. You should start now. The sooner the better. Because your spiritual house needs your attention. The good news is, all hope is not lost. Not yet. This concludes today's episode of Where's God? Finding Him in the Small Stuff. Did you know when Jesus was preaching and teaching, He never used words like justification, sanctification, glorification. He never used words like those to describe Himself, God, God's Word, salvation, heaven, or eternity. Instead, when Jesus talked about theological concepts, he talked about the small stuff of life. We call them parables today. He did that because his listeners could understand the small stuff. They were living the small stuff every day. It was through the small stuff that Jesus helped people move closer to God. There are going to be no intimidating, scary, or overwhelming theological words as part of this podcast. You'll just encounter things like cups of coffee, home repair, signs on the side of the road, roller coasters, and french fries, all revealing something unique about God, who meets you in real life ways every day. 